Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. We are continuing in Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. This is my favorite portion of Matthew. Actually, honestly, the Sermon on the Mount is, I don't know, possibly my favorite portion of the scripture. Which, eh, maybe because we're studying it right now. I don't know. Usually my favorite well, portion is whatever I'm studying right now. For me, it is it's very much a first things first passage. I, I'm just I'm drawn back to it a lot. So what we're going to read today is Matthew 5. We're going to go verses 21 through 37. Matthew 5, 21 from the New King James. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said of to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Yesterday we recognize that Jesus anticipated an objection. Mm-hmm. He understands that what he's about to say, or what, what we're reading now, is going to sound to some of his listeners as though he's actually abolishing the law, destroying the law. Destroying what they'd been taught by people like the Pharisees and the scribes. And so he takes this approach that says, you have heard, mm-hmm. but I say to you. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing. You know, if I were instructing someone in preaching, training someone to preach. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually does a few things here that I'm like, yeah, don't do not do this too often. <laughs> I, so on the one hand, we should anticipate objections, but it's kind of like you said yesterday, they didn't have that objection until he said. Right. This is the right. objection. Right. And now there's this, you've heard it said, but I say to you, mm-hmm. which 
you know, when I'm preaching, I tend to view that that kind of approach just raises people's hackles. Yeah. It just causes yeah. people to get defensive. It causes people to defend. Here's what I've heard. This is what we've always said. This is what we've always heard. But Jesus, he just cuts through all of that. And he says, look, I get it. You've heard this, but no, this mm-hmm. I say mm-hmm. to you. And when he says that, I say to you, he is taking a great amount of authority to himself. Which is also something that I would not counsel a preacher to do because the authority is the word of God. Jesus can. He's king of kings and lord of lords, but we we would not dare to step in that place. But we, we must lear- be humble. But we learned yesterday why he had that authority, because mm-hmm. he is the fulfillment. That's right. He's able to take, and in fact, we take these first two statements, you've heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and we've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Where did those two things come from? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the Ten Commandments. <laughs> those two are from the Ten Commandments. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fundamental. Of course, he's not about to come around and say, no, no, it's okay, you can murder and commit adultery. That's not his point That's not the at change, all. is it? But he's, he says, you've heard this. Where did they hear it? They actually heard that from the word of God. They heard that in the law. In fact, the Ten Commandments. But I'm telling you, yeah, you know, in John, he's going to highlight a greater than Moses is here. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. And this is what Jesus is highlighting. Yeah. Okay, you heard this in the Ten Commandments, but I'm Moses telling you. Now, here's what I'm telling you. Why do I get to tell you that? Because I am the fulfillment of what Moses was pointing to. So I get to tell you this. But what he does is not soften these commands. He actually strengthens these commands because rather than putting a box around the actual activities Mm -hmm. inside that box, what he places is the thinking and the mind and the heart and the attitude. I see a connection here in some of this teaching, even to the Beatitudes at the beginning, all right, that someone can say, I've never murdered. Someone can say, I've not committed adultery. But when Jesus begins to bring this teaching about our heart's intent, whether it be malice, whether it be hate, whether it be, uh, you know, lust and fornication, All of a sudden, you find a lot of people who realize, oh, wait, I am poor in spirit. I thought I was so rich. I thought I was so spiritually. I thought I was so righteous because I can tell you what I've not done. But we start delving into the heart. I I am undone. I've been quite wicked. If if this is what the standards are, uh, I, I think he's creating people and bringing a sense of a need for God and mercy and a savior an acute sense of that need to people who've been playing the games of these scribes and Pharisees. What do I need that for? I, I don't, I don't do this bad stuff. Well, I put a box around certain behaviors and I, you know, I'll, I'll, you know what I will do. I will even, I'll even make the rules a little bit more strict than the law did. I'll make up a Sabbath day journey and I'll talk about the fact that, you know, instead of striking someone in punishment 40 times, we'll we'll make it 39 times to make sure that we're not violating. You know, we're going to have these laws about cleanliness. Well, what I will do is set up traditions about hand washing to make sure that I'm clean. Uh, We've got these laws about tithing. So I'm going to be very intent to make sure that even down to the seeds and the seasonings that I'm I'm taking out the tenth that I'm going to give to the Lord. But what Jesus does, he says, a a righteousness that surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, and this is a righteousness that starts with the heart. Yeah. This is a righteousness that says it's not just about how am I behaving, but also how am I believing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just about my action, but it's also about my attitude. Yeah, motive. Okay. I, I have to, what, what am I thinking? 
And so what a person might do is say, you know, I, I haven't murdered anyone, but you know, I mean, I've been thinking about it. I have been thinking about it. I've I've thought about killing you. Uh, and well, and, and even for that kind of hate and anger to come out in abusive speech, you know, that that I mean, when we talks about different names that you might call someone, and that does not please God. And allowing there to be uh, unresolved conflict between you and a brother, but you're going to brush all that under the rug because, after all, it's time to go up in temple and worship. And so we're not going to worry about our relationships with our like- brethren, our fellow. In. And it's not like I killed anybody. And it's not like I killed anybody. It's not like I killed anybody. It's not like I actually committed adultery. Yeah. And so one of the things here with these statements that Jesus makes is it goes against that idea of comparing that it's not like I did this. Mm, I, good okay, point. I mean, I've, Very I, good I, point. I mean, I, I've done this, but it's not like I did that thing. You know, there are people who've done that thing. So what, right. makes, what makes me better is I haven't done this that. Thing. And this actually starts giving us some insight into the surpassing righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, because really what Jesus starts doing is giving us a picture of what seems almost to be like an impossible righteousness, a righteousness that nobody except him has ever accomplished. Yeah, but when the standard is the holy righteousness of God versus another fallible man, all of a sudden I don't stack up so well, do I? I, You know, I am poor. Now, now, one of the things I, morning. I will say this, that like with the adultery part, it does seem to me I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that when Jesus says you've heard that it was said you should not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you think this in your heart, you've committed adultery already, mm-hmm. that he doesn't say, you know, you've heard that it was said you should not commit adultery. But don't forget, it also said don't covet your neighbor's wife. Well, it, yeah, I did say that. So there was some of this idea of what's in your heart and your attitude, even in the law. Of course. Of course. But Jesus takes it that step further. What we need to do is we need to cleanse our heart. Jesus is going to point out to his disciples that what defiles a person is not what goes into the body. You eat that, it goes in your stomach, it gets digested, it gets eliminated, it doesn't actually impact you at all. What defiles you is what comes out of your heart. Because it's your heart that leads you to behave in sinful, defiled ways. And so in that respect, you have some teaching here even in this section where Jesus is pressing for his people and his citizens to have their heart and their words match, to have their heart and their actions match. No more of this duplicity, no more of this hypocrisy, no more of this playing games, maybe to get out of obligations that we've made. He, he says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Not these sort of word puzzles of different oaths, you know, to, to really kind of create avenues whereby you can get out of doing something you said you would do, whereby you might get out of commitments or even covenants that you've made. You know, like marriage, you're supposed to honor your word. You're supposed to be an honest person. Remember back when we were talking about the Psalms? Yeah, yeah. And we we had the Psalms that talked about who's going to get to be on God's holy hill. He swears to his own hurt, Mm -hmm. but he continues on. He's an honest person. And that's what we see here. And this is an honesty that starts in the heart. It's not a technical, contractual, legalese honesty. Right. That's, oh, well, wait, I've got a loophole here, so it's okay. It's an honesty that says, look, I'm just committed to doing what I said and doing what we meant and what we agreed to. If I tell you this, it's the way it is. If I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. Uh, if, if, yeah, it's that honesty, it's that yeah. commitment. The heart and the body fall in line with one another. 
And so there's a couple of things as we as we think through this. First of all, if I get my heart in line, my body's going to follow. Yeah, I think that's the thing. What the the fruit that comes out, mm-hmm. the actions and the behaviors come from what's actually in my heart and mind. And so for anyone who has the idea that I'm going to be able to feed my heart and mind on hate and malice and adultery and fornication and dishonesty and a lack of commitment and it's not going to impact my behavior, well, you're just wrong. I'm just wrong. If if I feed my mind on that stuff, it's going to come out. It's like putting too much gelatin in a mold. Mm-hmm. You know, No matter how much you squeeze that lid, it's going to come out somewhere. So it's like if your eye is full of darkness... How great will be the darkness inside? That was so wise. <laughs> did you just come up with that on your own or did you hear that somewhere? I, I heard it somewhere. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some themes that run, run throughout uh, the Sermon on the Mount. But I think that you are exactly right. Uh, here is the Lord giving some very concrete examples things they had heard. And as you pointed out, we even know where some of this stuff they heard it from, right? And and it was coming from their teachers, these Pharisees and scribes, who the Lord will continually lamb blast for a hypocrisy, for putting burdens on other people that they won't bear themselves, for playing these kind of games in these hearts, you know, maybe giving some credence to these concepts of, you know, the O's that count and the O's you can sort of get wiggle your way out of right word games and such and that is not going to be christ's people you're going to be salt you're going to be light that's genuine in all these various and sundry relationships and dealings with other people so there's a second thing let me throw this out and see what you think about this andrew i think there's a second thing that we see in these statements and it's actually the territory of christ's kingdom because what if someone actually is able to pull off, I only thought about these things, I, they never impacted my behavior. What Jesus points out is he is not just king of my behavior, he is also the king of my heart. The Lord of our heart. He can't dwell in a heart that is full of adultery and murder. He cannot dwell in a heart that is full of immorality and hatred and malice and dishonesty. And I, I may... Uh, again, it's really not going to happen that my heart's like that and my behavior is okay. Right. But even if I am able to pull that off, what he says is, you know, you, you're, you're actually in all this sin. I'm not your king. I'm not living as your king or you're not letting me live as your king. So if I've got a heart like that, what I need is the Lord to create in me a new heart. A new heart. A new heart. A new heart. Yeah. Which is the promise of the gospel. We need to wrap up, brother. Hey, we're so thankful that so many of you have been able to listen in today. Please share this with some friends and neighbors, whether Christians or not Christians. We just think this is beneficial for so many people to hear what Jesus has taught. We'd love for you to be passing that on to them. Give us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Head over to the Facebook group. Let's, Let's talk about this some more. But Andrew, why don't you wrap us up with prayer? Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Father, as as we have looked at this scripture today and thought about Jesus and his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, he's speaking to our hearts. Your word is speaking to our hearts. And God, we pray that we might be able to purify by the gospel our hearts so that we are truly kingdom citizens, so that Jesus is Lord in our hearts and we would not see hate and adultery and murder and malice and Father, we dishonesty, all these things, may they be far, far from us, that we are truly your people in thought and word and deed this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Yeah, I kind of forgot it was Thursday. My turn to pray. <laughs> but you did a fantastic job. Well, brother, if you're going to invite me to do it, I just, I, I, I will do it. I appreciate that about you.